Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Mm. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. As always, we want to outsource our work too. So help us out by texting us, 704-570-9610. We have Shroppy helping us out. We're at the midway point through the week. We have Shroppy selections. Since we don't have any fitty favorites for us, we know we don't have any fitty flash, no Alan Jackson. We've got Shrop it like it's hot, and we got Shroppy selections. So that's going to come up a little bit later on in the show. Again, text us at 704-570-9610. What about Shroppy seconds? Well, you uh, know. We, I feel like that's that's tiptoeing a line there. I don't it know. was. We thought about that. I thought about that. I just didn't know where to go with it because I don't know what hits your mind as soon as you think of sloppy seconds, but I know what hits mm. mine, okay. and I didn't want to explore that. What I did want to explore <laughs> is an organic conversation as it usually happens with what we lead off with, and two minutes before we hopped on the mic, my girlfriend texted me, and she said, no Googling allowed, Walker. Don't Google. Don't cheat. But do you know who Tone Loke is? Mm. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I know who Tone Loke is. Funky Comedina, it's a classic. What it got me thinking about, though, was are there any of those moments where you feel like you know something that your significant other doesn't, and then you just want to get them on something? Like, yeah, see, you always talk about being a hip-hop artist, or not artist, but hip-hop enthusiast, and then you wanted to get something that they might not know about in your field of expertise, and you want to have that expertise. I feel like that's just what happened here, where she wanted to in, like inspire me to go look up who Tone Loke ah. was with Funky Comedina, just because of that question. Do you, have, do you ever have that with your significant other? Like, are there any of those times where, hey... You know, I got some bowling knowledge for you. I don't know if you know this, but house balls are not actually made to spin. <laughs> um, Man, I don't really try any gotcha moments with her. It's not even really like that. It's not even like trying to, you know, it, you just want to come up and be like, yeah, you know, I, I, she'll I knew do something in your she'll field. She'll do it to me like by accident. Yeah. Like she'll against uh, or with other artists from other genres. Like right. she'll be like, because I'm like a music head. Like I know it's it's hard to get me on somebody I don't know. But like shoes maybe, or yeah. have you ever seen yeah. these? Or she'll be like, do you know this artist? And I'll be like, come on. Yeah, 980 uh, is texting in that they know what I'm talking about. That that they know what, what I'm talking about. If you have that experience too, it's just funny. Like, yeah, do you know who Tone Loke is? I was like, yeah, for sure. I know who Tone Loke is. That would be embarrassing even at my age if I didn't, right? I mean, uh, I mean, he's older. 
He's, I guess he's. Yeah, I mean, that's like I was a kid when Tone Loke was popping. Like I was younger yeah. than Bryce when Tone Loke was popping. Shroppy, there's no way you know who he is. I've right? heard the name. I definitely don't know like All what right. it what it is. All right, so so Tone Loke can be the theme of the show today. <laughs> we we can have a whole Tone Loke theme show, and we can just roll with that vibe. We also have to roll with the Scoot Henderson vibes because they're up here in Charlotte. They are and nationally. Let's pull up to the scene. Go ahead, Shroppy. Let us off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Jonathan Gavoni, who has had Brandon Miller slotted at that number two spot, saying that the Charlotte Hornets in the mock drafts are going to select the Alabama wing. He still has him there in his latest mock draft. But we also know that Scoot Henderson really impressed in his workout. Because that's exactly the tweet that was the headline of this latest mock draft. Quote, Scoot Henderson helped his standing in Charlotte with a highly impressive workout this past weekend in front of the Hornets front office and coaching staff. He showed an impressive level of conditioning, intensity, explosiveness, and shot making that portend good things. Ooh, pinky out, portend good (laughs) things for Scoot later on. Still, many signs continue to point toward Miller being the pick at number two, both due to his clean roster fit as much as the front office's belief in his long-term talent. The Hornets have conducted due diligence, though, in Tuscaloosa to help ease concerns around Miller's involvement in the January 6th fatal shooting of Jamia Harris. We can stop there. Scoot Henderson, impressive workout, very much in consideration at number two, even more so after the workout. But Brandon Miller still in play at the number two overall slot and still mocked there by Jonathan Gavoni. What do you make of the write-up from the ESPN Draft X? Well, I'm going to channel my Brian Windhorse and say, well, what, what does this all mean? What are they trying to tell us here? Because I posed the question in my mind, well, why is this the only workout that we heard about? We said we didn't hear about the Thompson Twins. We said we didn't hear about the Brandon Miller workout. So what's going on? Are the Hornets maybe trying to pump up the workout? so that they could get more trade interest on the number two pick. That's where my mind is. Now, as far as just tangibly just telling us what we already knew was going to happen, I think the most impressive part you take away from it is the shot making that they talked about. Was he cooking from beyond the three-point line? Did you see a shot technique and form that you said this guy may not be shooting the best percentage coming out of the G League, but I could project him to be a really good shooter, which would make him just downright dangerous if he develops from beyond the arc. I don't know if there's any sway here as to why Charlotte would leak this. It, what the sway would be is if the agent leaks this from Scoot Henderson. Because, Wes, we predicted all of it. We predicted that whenever these workouts were to take place, that there would be some kind of report, headline, hey, they crushed the workout, they killed it. It's a little interesting that we don't have anything on the Brandon Miller front here. Right. Because you would think Brandon Miller's agency wants to get that out. I can still imagine that might happen because it only happened yesterday. Scoot Henderson's workout happened on Sunday. We get this report on the Tuesday leading up, or even today, it just dropped this morning, I should say. So that's what happened with Scoot Henderson. Maybe in the next couple of days, we'll get this thing surrounding Brandon Miller saying, oh yeah, he was really impressive too with the Charlotte Hornets. But to me, Scoot Henderson was always going to be a prospect that crushed this type of setting. The explosiveness is exactly why you might draft him number two overall. If the shot is working for him, that's only going to be icing on the cake because there aren't a lot of weaknesses right now to his game. 
when you point to what a guard might have as a weakness, you're going to point to the shooting, which is a weakness. There's no doubt. His size, it's 6'2". He's not Muggsy Bogues out here. He's not even Chris Paul. He's taller than that, but still a little shorter as a combo guard, even if he does have the 6'9 wingspan. Those are the two weaknesses. Maybe settles for mid-range jumpers, but it's just playing with a different purpose, not necessarily a limit that he has. So when you point to the weaknesses, if he's shooting well, what else are you going to point to in a workout type of setting, right? right? So we always knew this was going to be a big-time workout. Brandon Miller, if he's hitting shots then what is the impressive workout that he could do that is different from what we saw at Alabama? That's why I always expected this. Even me, being a Scoot fan, you might expect me to say, okay, here it comes. He's going to be number two overall. I'd be lying if I didn't, if I said I wasn't expecting all of this. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the Brandon Miller workout, I think, you know, putting them through defensive drills, seeing if the defensive versatility is there and seeing if the shot is like that. I mean, he shot a nice percentage at Alabama, but just seeing as he really liked that and do you project him to be that type of player as well. But with Scoop, like you said, we knew that this was coming. I just wondered as well, like we just said, why didn't we hear about the other workouts? Would have liked to have gotten some footage from this one to see yeah, all of what them. they were talking about. But uh, other than that, it's just weird to me that this is the only workout that we heard anything about. And if it was just in front of Hornets front office and, and coaches and things of that nature, then somebody spilled the beans about how good it was. Well, maybe his agent is what we're... But because Could the agent... have been. Are agents in, in these workouts? Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I, I figured mean... they may be, but I didn't know if teams were like, hey, you know... Let us well, have them. Well, agents are clearly going to do the best thing for their client. And so that's how, I mean, look, if you want to know about the game, this is exactly who Adrian Wojnarowski is getting a lot of his sources from. They have team sources, yeah. too. They, they know everything. But, you know, Clutch feeds a lot of stuff to Shams. So when you talk about Shams breaking something that might pertain to Miles Bridges, Clutch Agency represents Miles Bridges then who do you think the source is, right? You always have to think about when these sources come in, who does it benefit? Right. And it doesn't mean it's not true. I don't want to be playing the complete cynical game, but there are a lot of angles. But that's what happens. But that's this is what happens. Yeah. And so Scoot Henderson's agency, they benefit from putting out there that it's a great workout. Charlotte might. I mean, if you wanted to talk about, okay, can Charlotte drive up that trade package, especially for a Pelicans team reportedly interested in Scoot. That won't get to see him either. That won't get to see him because Scoot's only working out with two teams and he's completed both of them we got to see all of the footage with portland we didn't get to see any with charlotte i did want to ask you that question before we move on how angry are you with the hornets that they're not releasing any of the workout footage <laughs> for the high profile prospects thompson twins nothing scoot nothing brandon miller nothing not it's not what's been the case in the last few years we got to see mark williams work out Late lottery, not number two overall selection, not as much leverage. Okay, but we've gotten to see those videos before. We didn't see the videos for these high-profile guys. Yeah, I mean, it seems a little bit super secretive, but then again, maybe they just don't want the flack that if they pick a guy that other people don't want, that they don't want to hear the blowback like, oh, man, I, I saw the video and I saw what he could do. How could you pass that up? Uh, that's one scenario you could think of. 
other than that, I'm just not sure because I don't know how the teams benefit necessarily from putting the video out. I mean, their eyes and ears are in the workout, so that's really all that needs to see it. But for public consumption, we just want it out there to be able to check out some of the dope highlights that these guys are able to put together. But really, the team sees it, and that's really all that needs to see it to be truthful. I would like for them to use this as some kind of gas up the hype video. Okay. Get us excited. Yeah. Whether it's Brandon Miller, whether it's Scoot Henderson, Thompson Twins, you're already releasing the video for Jaime Jaquez, guys that are in consideration at 27. So you're putting out all those videos, hype videos. Portland was doing it for Scoot Henderson too. Can we just see the videos for everybody? And let's get excited because it's not like, I mean, if you do it for everyone, I don't know how much leverage you're going to gain more so than what you already have against other NBA franchises when you release Thompson footage, when you release Henderson footage and Brandon. If you take care of everybody, and of course, you're only showing the highlights, you're not going to be showing misses. Which, by the way, Brandon, when you put out your personal workout video, don't include the misses, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I I don't, you might be trying to make it more real, but... See, I don't mind the misses. Yeah, I but, think it does make it more real. Yeah, but but I have a, if you include the misses then you only give somebody negative this feedback. True. Why would you do that? Or Control maybe the he's just man. so confident in the player he is. He says, I don't care what you say. Uh, I, I will say this, though. When Portland showed Scoot Henderson make four in a row, the number I was questioning, like, wait, why wasn't it three? Why wasn't it five? Four is a much more random number to me. So did he only make four in a row? It, it's silly season. My, I have too deep, much deep thinker. Walker, I, I have I have too much anxiety for all this. We, <laughs> we're eight days out. June twenty second. It can't get here fast enough. Please, please get here sooner rather than later, and then we can talk about who the Hornets actually select at second overall. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the other professional sports franchise in Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers, one of the few, by the way, here in the Queen City. Frank Reich, he spoke during Carolina Panthers' minicamp yesterday. We'll play you some of that audio on the other side of the break. It's Wes and Walker off and rolling. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker off and rolling on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I did want uh, to get to some of the text messages that you guys sent us. 704-570-9610. Again, that number. 704-570-9610. We got a few coming in about the workouts. And then we let off the show with my girlfriend saying, hey, no Googling, no cheating. But do you know who Tone Loke is? And I said, yes, I do. Funky Call Medina. Also talked about Wild Thing. So not a one-hit wonder. Had a couple out there. Not a lot, but had a couple of hits out there. And he leveraged that into a decent movie career for a little bit. So Tone made his Skrilla. Yeah, that's right. So people had written in, uh, Tone Loke had a cameo in the movie Heat. That was from Buck Nation. Couple people wrote in. I forgot about that. His Heat cameo. But Coach Pauly said, Tone Loke, best known for his roles in Heat and even Ace Ventura, yep. which I completely forgot about because he was the detective. He was one of the he detectives. He was on the force with Ace. 
That's yeah, what I thought. I couldn't remember if he was a detective as well, but yeah, he had a pretty good role in the first one. Um, 704 said Walker, can current Hornets players attend and watch these workouts? In fact, no, there's a rule against that. So no, the players, well, that's they why. They came in my workout. I'd make them go one-on-one. Well, you would with other prospects, but I guess you're saying if they were players that were currently yeah, the on the roster. Yeah, came and asked, what you in here for? Let's go. Yeah, but the, yeah, well, that's true. The rules. <laughs> if you could do it, I think that'd be great to do. If you could, yes, but that's uh, the rule. That's why you see a lot of, I would imagine, why coaching staff is there running these drills with some of the guys and other prospects instead of some of the players that are already on the roster. Uh, Buck Nation also wrote in, Tone Loke, great voice. That's another oh, yeah, great. Yeah, his voice was amazing. So you know the question here. Best voices in hip-hop history. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of those. but yeah. For sure, that's the question. 704-570-9610, you can write that in. We had a couple of other Hornets texts roll in. We need a guy named Scoot on the team. What a cool nickname. Totally agree. If nothing else, just draft the guy with the nickname Scoot. EC would go wild with that, dude. Oh, yeah, there's so many opportunities for him. Bradley Blanks wrote in, I like the Hornets not showing the workouts. It's their business and their workout. Don't show anybody. All right. I'd rather guess up the fan hype, but whatever. And Vernon said, finally, why don't we bring up the talk about Scoot's 6'9 wingspan, which is longer than Donovan Mitchell's? I brought it up last segment. I did. You brought it up a few times. I brought it up a few times when people try to throw that 6'2 in my face. I'm like, nah, man, 6'9 wingspan, though. There's a big, that's a big factor. That's going to help defensively. Like a big bird, eagle or something. Mm-hmm, that wingspan, like a condor. Yeah. Not just Mark Williams, which Eric Collins <laughs> has tried to make happen. We could talk about that with one Scoot Henderson as well. All right, let's get to some audio from Frank Reich, Brian Burns, and let's even start with Adam Thielen because he had a glowing review about the rookie class coming into minicamp and this offseason. Here's Adam Thielen talking about just how impressed he is about this rookie class actually picking things up rather quickly. Well, honestly, I, I would say Bryce and really all these young guys have impressed me. Probably the best rookie group I've ever been around as far as just coming in here and not missing a beat. You know, they haven't had as many reps as we have. Um, you know, we've had a little bit, a couple more weeks of, of practicing and being around each other. And they came in and really didn't miss a beat. So I thought, um, you know, in, in my time in the, you know, 11 years in the league, I've never seen a group that just kind of, you know, hasn't looked like rookies. And, you know, everybody has their, you know, moments and things like that, even veteran guys. But um, but it's been really impressive. And we just celebrated the intelligence of Bryce Young this entire time. But how about Jonathan Mingo, DJ Johnson? How about Jamie Robinson? All these guys are smart. Wes, what do you make of that comment from Adam Thielen? Man, I thought it was really uh, hyperbolic, to say the least. Um, <laughs> so you're not... No, no, no. I'm not saying that I disagree with him. Okay. Uh, it's just that... It definitely had people up and on. They were talking about the 2015 Vikings class. They came in with Stephon Diggs, Danielle Hunter, Eric Kendricks. Uh, They also talked about the class of 2020 in Minnesota that was headlined by Justin Jefferson. But no, I'm not going to doubt him. I just said it was very hyperbolic to say that this early, especially before we put pads on. But think about it. Everything we've heard about these rookies to this point has been sterling. And I know we said that everybody feels that way about their rookies, but listen, there's some rookies we don't hear anything about. We've heard about how impressive Jamie Robinson has been. Chandler Savile has been a little light on the buzz front, as has DJ Johnson. And Chandler's hurt. But Mingo, Jamie Robinson, and Bryce Young have all been getting sterling reviews to this point. So I'm not going to say I doubt what he has to say. I just want to see it turn into them being uh, integral players for the Panthers because I think 
a lot of these guys do have a chance. Um, speaking of Chandler Zavala, let's just go ahead off script with that one, Shroppy, because Frank Reich did talk about that injury. Just to give an update on a rookie, here is the NC State product and how he's doing on his injury. He's got a peck. He's got a, a strained peck. So, um, again, same thing. Uh, he'll be fine for training camp. Um, not surgical. Um, just needs time to recover. So good review there. If there's an injury, you just don't want it to linger in a training camp so he doesn't lose some of those snaps because that's going to be an interesting battle, especially with Austin Corbett coming off a very significant injury at the end of last year, not going to be ready possibly at the beginning of the regular season. Is that Zavala's spot? And how many snaps are going to go away from him because of this injury? Good news there. Hopefully he can come in and help out right away. Let's go to some more Frank Reich audio. Speaking of the quarterback, Bryce Young, you draft him not only because of the accuracy, not because of the pedigree, but also because of just how smart and the ability from him to transition to the NFL very quickly. Here is Frank Reich on Bryce Young and where he's really standing out at this point when you talk about what he's doing in minicamp so far. You know, command of the offense, protections, you know, understanding the protection scheme, um, you know, and then just showing accuracy and, you know, being able to handle, uh, you know, being able to handle the offense in general. So um, it's, it's been good. You know, we still got a ways to go. Um, but he, he's been on point, so has Andy. I think that room, and Matt's been good too. I think the room's been really good. I think Josh McCown's doing a good job with those guys, Parks Frazier, and then Thomas Brown, I think, has done a good job with the offense, keeping us honed in on you know, really what we're going to do. Seems like they're praising more so of his ability to pick up the offense quickly. Yeah, and this is something that we're not surprised by at all. Everything that we thought he would be, he's been to this point, and it just continues to add every single day. I saw he lit it up again yesterday, and they talked about how well he threw the football. So this should just add more and more to the excitement because this is a guy we don't have to see him in pads. We're already seeing him in seven-on-seven. We know that he's doing his thing there. We know some of the DBs are missing, so that should make it a little bit more of a challenge once they are back. But this is a guy, the quarterbacks are not going to get hit in practice. So we know what we're getting from him thus far is close to what we're going to get, if not the exact carbon copy of what we're going to get on the football field. So I think it should just add to the excitement, just showing you to disguise everything that you would want and need in a number one overall pick. Now, he is short. I don't know if you guys knew that. I know Keyshawn Johnson <laughs> found that out like a week before the NFL draft, and we played that sound bite. We had known for quite some time that Bryce Young might be a little on the shorter side. And because we were a little afraid if it might happen with Baker Mayfield, who's not as short but still a shorter QB, getting all of his passes batted down at the line of scrimmage, is that going to happen a lot with one Bryce Young? Well, it did happen yesterday. There was a batted pass at the line of scrimmage. Here's Frank Reich talking about that play. No, Scott, it really doesn't because I would actually have thought we'd have seen a whole lot more balls batted down because we're not going live and um, so and we're telling them not to hit the quarterback. So the defensive line, they, they rush and then they pull off and they're standing there, you know, more guys standing with their hands up. So to be quite honest, I expected a whole lot more balls batted down from all the quarterbacks. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't think much about it. Um, thought the quarterbacks are seeing it and seeing the holes well. The question was phrased if he's concerned. That's why he answered initially, no, no, he's not concerned. And he actually expected a lot more passes to be batted down. Just to ease everybody else a little more so, Andy Dalton had a batted pass. Andy Dalton taller than Bryce Young. Doesn't concern Frank Reich. 
I imagine it doesn't concern you. This has to be the only organization in the NFL where they talk about batted balls on a regular basis. And this is because of Baker Mayfield. He started this. It Baker so many times. started this. The Baker did it. But no other franchise do I watch any programming, listening to any programming where they talk about batted balls. The guy played in the SEC, folks, and I don't want to hear about the hits or the fact that, oh, this is the NFL now. No, batted balls are batted balls. There were six, five, six, 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 seven guys on the defensive lines that he played against his offensive linemen at Alabama. Most of them will be starters in the NFL or uh, role players at a minimum. He was able to find the throwing lanes and throw it over those guys. And, oh, yeah, they're six, five to six, seven in that range as well on the offensive line. So I don't know when Panthers Nation is going to put this to bed, but they need to because this is the only team I hear about this with. I give them a little bit of slack, though, because we are traumatized with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> little, and and then you get somebody shorter than him. A little PTSD. But there is no indication that the size of the quarterback actually correlates to having so many batted passes at the line of scrimmage we did this with kyler murray already because that was a point of conversation when he was the number one overall pick right. because they just keep getting smaller these quarterbacks do apparently the last couple of years but again it's not like kyler murray has this huge problem you see him rolling out of the pocket so hopefully that doesn't happen well the thing is too is that these guys have been playing at the sizes that they've been playing for a very long time so they know how to throw the ball where to throw it and there's a reason they got to the NFL. They're at the top of the top. So when you talk about a short quarterback that's made it this far in life to the National Football League, they have a pretty good grasp on what to do not to get balls batted down. I know Baker Mayfield might have forgotten some of those earlier lessons last season, but for the most part, we just we don't see a lot of that from from short quarterbacks. And they are tall quarterbacks who get passes batted. So there's that. Man. <laughs> Wes is over the batted I passes mean, conversation. Um, we got to ask about it. We have to because it's short king season around these parts, especially if they draft Scoot Henderson for the Charlotte Hornets. Let's go to all of the intelligence theme that seems to be surrounding the rookie class, but also Brian Burns, because Frank Reich, when asked about their star edge rusher, he said not only is it his ability on the field just with his athleticism, but he's also impressed with just how smart the edge rusher is out there on the field. What I am learning about him is, you know, like most great players, he's very smart. He's he's very smart, period, but then a very smart football player. So that allows us to do different things with him. And, um, you know, sure, it's, we mainly want to rush the passer, but, um, but it does allow us to do other things. It allows us to use him as rushing the passer in different ways. So um, we'll see how that all plays out. How much intelligence do you have to have as an edge rusher? Brian Burns going after the quarterback and how much stock do you put in that comment? Dang, why do you want to make me talk bad about defensive players? I, I try not to. For the most part, um, no, this, this, not this very is hard. fantastic. Just though. give you a little nudge and then you take it from there. <laughs> no, this is fantastic uh, that, that he's able to do that because this is a guy that can be a, another coach on the field. He can help with adjustments on the fly. So when you've got a linebacker, edge brusher, whatever you want to call him, that's able to be as cerebral as he is, uh, and he plays a disruptive position. And so I think that combined together with a high football IQ can really make for some terror to be called out there. And we talked about his TFLs at this point as compared to Julius Peppers and 
the, uh, the, the amount he had last season. And so I think when you put smart and disruptive together, the more he can recognize things early, the more he can sniff out stuff, the more he can wreck a game. I want to get to a lot of text. I want to get to one more soundbite. I also am a little shook because I just I mean, saw... You look f- concerned, man. Well, I saw Fiddy walk by in the hallway. <laughs> He's got a polo on. He doesn't have any Mets gear on. He doesn't have a Carolina shirt on or anything like that. that. Shroppy, do you know why he's wearing a polo today? I don't. I would assume something's gone wrong. Something's gone horribly wrong. Going to a wedding after work. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, why is he dressed up? What kind of event does he have? Because I'm telling you right now, this is someone that if he can't wear shorts to an event, then all hell breaks loose. Right. So why is this person wearing a collared shirt? Walking into work today. You might need a mental health check there on Fiddy. I just really, I'm confused. Yesterday, because he had the Subway series about to start, he had a Mets hat, a Mets jersey, Mets socks, and Mets shorts. Every article of clothing that I could see had Mets on it outside of his shoes. (laughs) Did, Did the Mets lose last night? Oh, did they? I actually didn't see the score. I, I, I don't know. Oh, if, I'll get on that, the research thing. Because yep. if, if they did, he that might be him just giving up on the season already. Well, and I'm a little, That's an astute observation. Well, and I'm a little concerned, though, too, because now that he goes to the afternoon, does he treat this a little more seriously? Is right. it, okay, now i got to button up. Let me make sure everything is all tidy, tuck mm-hmm. my shirt in. He's doing a smoke good impression, to... dude. Smoke's always wearing those polos. Yeah, he is. Is that right? Does he Does he want to make Kyle feel a yeah, little more Mets at home? Yeah, the Mets lost last night 7-6. Oh, oh, no. Oh, Plus boy. a one-run game, too. Yikes. Yeah. yikes. yeah, big yikes. Uh, 704 <laughs> said, Fitty got court today. That's a great guess. <laughs> Traffic court. <laughs> For sure. Son of Suede said, maybe he lost. Uh, maybe he has a job interview. Yeah, that's true, too. Maybe he's just trying to make sure he's cleaned up for this afternoon slot. Who knows? He's got a wedding. Yeah, he might have a wedding. (laughs) Could you imagine wearing your WFNZ polo (laughs) to the wedding? You know, that's something I could see him do. I want to know. I'm worried about him. All right. Because I needed to get all of that off my chest about Fiddy, we won't have any time to get to that one soundbite that we wanted to get to with uh, Frank Reich. We can talk more about opposite edge rusher of Brian Burns. Cornerback depth. We have another segment coming up in the 2 o'clock hour to address the leftover sound from Frank Reich and some of the other members of the Panthers organization. I did get to, uh, I did want to get to some of the best voices in hip hop mentioned by the texters. Kyle from Maine, Slick Rick had a couple Slick Rick mentions. Slick Rick, a good yeah, enough. Yeah, Slick mention. Rick does have a, a very distinct voice. Tone Loke. People are saying him. What's our criteria here? Is it just a great voice where you could do voiceover? Is it just the command on the track or is it all encompassing? Just you just have a great voice no matter what you do. Just whatever hip hop artist you feel like has a great voice for whatever stipulation you want to hold that. I'm going to hit my 90s heads with the rockness monster from hell to skelter. You talk about a voice. (laughs) It's a great name. And he was ill. Um, DMX, dude. Yeah, people are right. A lot of people are going with DMX. One of a kind. Ja Rule definitely is in there, too. Yeah. Doesn't hit as much with me. It's unique. It's different. Is it great? Yes. Okay. I'm, dude, I'm surprised. I, I don't think I've seen one person text in uh, Notorious B.I.G., man. Yeah, Biggie, it's, too. It's Biggie such has. a great voice. I, said, I, I don't great. think I've seen one person text that in. 704 said Nas, Method Man, and Q-Tip. Method Man and Q-Tip. That's Q-Tip has yes, the smoothest. It does. Method Man does as well. 704 has a great text. Luda was a generational voice for Southern rap. I think so. When word of mouth came out. Well, he said generational voice. We're talking about your actual voice. I know, but he was saying that it yeah. it fits because for Southern rap, Luda's got a fantastic West Side one. Gun, our guy. <laughs> Does it? No. That's way too polarizing. He definitely. That's, 
He can ruin a song though with some of those ad libs. See, I, I, you know me, I like Westside. He is my favorite in Griselda. He's one of my favorite rappers. I love Westside, but, but he can do no wrong for me. Okay, but you have to acknowledge if you put on the shoes of other people, he can ruin a song for some people. Like it's not for everybody. See, when people say that, because I had a a buddy who was the same way. He's like, man, his voice just ruins it. But I'm like, that's the beauty of hip hop is the different voices, and that to me makes him distinct. It's oh, just some people don't. It's like distinct, it. but we can't just because it's different. Don't mean it's the best. West Side Gun. <laughs> as much as I like his voice on some beats, uh-huh. you know me. We talk about Griselda a lot. Yeah, I like West Side Gun and some of the stuff he does. Yeah. Uh, there is a no West Side Gun in the car rule when my girlfriend is in it. Really? Because yep, that because of him. She hates his voice. One hundred percent. No, no, no. I want to know how she described it to you the first time she said it. Was she like the guy that you listen to? This like. I don't want to hear that. Well, no, because they come out with albums all the time. Right. And when he released a new album, I like to play it all the way through. You and I are alike in that Uh realm. And so when I'm rolling through it, she's like, what in the hell is this? Except she didn't say hell. She said something I can't say. Oh, okay. And so she was like, no. Like, I can't. And she'll let me play some of it. Uh Uh-huh. But... Like Walker, I can't do it. Play anything else. You I get just about can't do it. Two or three Frank songs. Frank Paris was a great album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh whoa, Shrubby, where you come out of nowhere with that? <laughs> oh, what? man. What's I know some music. Up? What? I know some music. Yeah. Shrubby. I know that, but dang, I didn't expect you to come out of nowhere with that. Um, uh, People are writing in Jadakiss, too. Lots, oh, yes. Yeah, lots of Jada references. Jadakiss' voice is hilarious. Like, he's a guy that he could be a comedian because he could read you a grocery list and you'll find it funny. His interviews mm-hmm. are hilarious. AJ, off his voice. AJ, all right, we have a lot of text messages rolling in. AJ said, Ja Rule and Ashanti in the early 2000s hit so hard. Yeah. What do I think about you? <laughs> but I like John Street stuff though. When I like some of his songs like like that as well. But when John got on his his gritty though, it was dope. Baby girl, put it on me. Lloyd Banks. Lloyd Banks has voice. a great. Voice. Yeah, so good. Voice. He just needs to work harder. That's his mo. And Fitty too, being yeah. from New York, and he would try to do with the Southern draw sometimes. Josh Fitty Marlowe. Yeah. yeah, he's got a great voice. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the campus corner on the other side of the break. We'll drop it like it's hot a little bit later. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We are back. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ, hit us up on the text line. That's one of the great voices right there, Notorious B.I.G. And Eminem, we have to decide what we think of his voice because I I, I could put it's him in a great category. Distinct. There y'all go. <laughs> y'all go. Troppy, don't start. I was saying. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit the follow button on those socials, WFNZ Twitter, WFNZ Instagram, at Walker Mail on Twitter, Weston Walker page on Twitter. West Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram and at Stroppy WFNZ on Twitter. It's that time to go to the campus. Kona. All right. 
like I want to start rapping. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll see what your voice is like. The stinks right. are great. So Ethan Strauss of the FP.com wrote in very interesting article saying that the NCAA has a hot girl problem. And for those of you who don't know, hearkening uh, back to rap, the City Girls made a song with, I believe, Cardi B called Hot Girl Summer, which was about women just being wild and free and being who they are. And so at the crux of this article are the Cavender twins, Haley and Hannah Cavender. One, Haley averaged 12 points per game for the Miami Hurricanes. Hannah averaged just under four points. And they were good, but not WNBA good. They they uh, left college before their COVID year because they could have gotten their COVID year to do a fifth season. But they decided, no, we're making too much money, are now in the WWE system. But they have benefited very much uh, from their looks, the fact that they are twins and that they were hoopers. As of 2023, the former college basketball players turned full-time influencers have earned north of $2 million. They have all types of endorsements, including their latest one with Jake Paul's sports gambling outfit, Better. Then you talk about Louisiana State gymnast Olivia Dunn. She is one of the top NIL earners out there as well. She is number two behind Bronny James. As far as NIL earners go, at $3.4 million is her evaluation. And so uh, there are some female athletes Stanford's coach, Lord have mercy, uh, I forget her name, but Stanford's women's basketball coach, she came out earlier and talked about how there's a discrepancy between the players who are the best players that should be making all the money, Tara, Tara Vanderveer, excuse me, Mrs. Vanderveer, but she talked about how the, the best players are not necessarily making the money, and it's going to the women who have the best looks. And so there's been a lot made of that and you look at Livy Dunn and you look at the Cavender twins, they're young, cute, blonde girls, and they're killing it. Olivia Dunn, she's a good gymnast, but an Olympian, she's probably not going to be. So I think this is just a, a very interesting topic and just showing kind of the discrepancy. And to give you guys a quick glimpse at NIL earners, when you look at the top 10, uh, there's Livy Dunn in there, 3.4 million. As I said, Angel Reese is the only other female in the top 10 at 1.6 million. Meanwhile, while you have ballers like Caitlin Clark and those of her ilk that are averaging 30 points a game, great players, great female athletes that aren't making close to this type of money. So do you think this is an issue uh, for the NCAA as far as just women benefiting mostly off of looks and not being necessarily deem the top of their sport well i think a lot of their earnings aren't necessarily sports based it's all about their following on social media and so when you talk about olivia dunn she's got six and a half million tiktok followers yes Maddie, she's bro. got two and a half million instagram <laughs> followers shroppy we're gonna have to keep on moving on from that right but we're gonna have to also look at some of the other uh, he's playing right into the point top 2022 20, <laughs> earners in nil from a women's standpoint Suni Lee from the Auburn gymnastics team. She is up there in the top 10 earners from the women's game. Paige Beckers, that's off of pure skill. Paige Beckers is going to be out here as one of the best WNBA players when she is drafted. And so you do have, I think, a mix of some of the women who are going to benefit from their following, not necessarily because of their sport accomplishments, not because of any trophies they might win from any championships that they might win. And here we are talking about Bronny too, right? Bronny, who I actually really like as a basketball 
basketball player. But no, he's not going to be the number one overall pick. But the dude's really famous because LeBron is his dad. Sure. And because Bronny has a big old social media following. So he's going to get a lot of NIL money. And so when we also talk about some of the like the Cavender twins, as you mentioned, are they getting a lot of this NIL money because of their accomplishments or because they also have a large social media following? It is the large social media following, and people are going to gravitate towards whatever they find attractive, appealing, or marketable, and that's just the way of the game from the NIL. But there are some people getting big-time money because of what their on-court accomplishments are. Yeah, and to their credit, too, they said in the article, and they've said in quotes in the past saying how they did not like the fact of the discrepancy between them and female athletes that are better at their sport. And they talked about especially minorities. So they're definitely uh, aware. They're not tone deaf to the subject as far as the money that they make and how they are getting it. They understand it as well. I think it's just very interesting. Uh, but I think this has always been the status quo with sports. And I don't know what you do about it. Remember back in the day, Anna Kornikova, how many endorsements and things of that nature was she getting? And she was like a mid-tennis player, as the kids would say, mid uh, she wasn't that great of a player. We've seen that all the time, especially in women's sports, and it is unfair, but we see it all the time where the best-looking female athletes, if they can play a little bit, they're going to benefit a lot off of said looks. No, and that's exactly what happened with Maria Sharapova, right? We tried to make this a rivalry with Serena Williams, and Serena Williams has this large physique where she is completely dominant over all of her competition, and then we would try to do this rivalry between Serena Sharapova Sharapova couldn't do anything with Serena. If we're going on-court accomplishment, and yes, Serena would get a ton of endorsements because she might be the greatest tennis player in the world, certainly if it's my opinion she is. But then when you talk about just some of the other ways that people can market, then yes, you're going to be able to market off other things based off of... Um, uh, excuse me, not just be able to market off of what your on-court accomplishments are. Shropper, you had something you were about to yeah, say? Yeah, and I was just going to say, like, uh, like how Walker was saying, it does have to do with the big deal of how much influence you have on social media and it's just the reality that if you are an attractive athlete you are going to have more followers i mean that even goes for females following males i mean look how many women post about joe burrow on their instagram stories and stuff like that just because they think he's attractive they have more fans now because of it so it's just it goes for both sides but obviously it's more impactful for the women but it's just kind of how things work right now so we all agree the ncaa does not have a hot girl problem yeah, I think that's right. You just <laughs> yeah, they go they just have hot girls. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, NC State basketball continuing to do their thing on the transfer trail. They land Cam Woods from North Carolina A&T last season. He averaged 17.3 points per game. Uh, he shot not the most efficient guy, 38.5% from the field, but did shoot 33% from three, which isn't crazy, but he scored 20 points or more in eight games, so NC State lands another guard, so we'll see how he does in the move up from North Carolina A&T to NC State and ACC basketball, and when we come back, a new segment we're going to debut for you guys. Check it out on the other side. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.